You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Are we living in good or bad economic times in North America today? If you're a person between the ages of 20 and 30, is your economic future inviting or scary? Your answers depend on the story you've created for your life. Hey, hello, storytellers, and welcome once again to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco. Our sponsor is Audible. They are offering you a download for free of your favorite audiobook. You get to choose from 180,000 titles. They will also give you a one-month free trial of their entire service, Go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. You can enjoy this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and of course, on the website, changeyourstorypodcast.com. Also on the website, you will find my free gift to you, a powerful transformational ebook called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. Apply the secrets in that book to go from invisible to visible and from visible to sought after and highly in demand. I would love to know what you're getting from this show and also what you'd like to see in it going forward. Send me your comments to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. I promise to read all of your comments and to choose some of them to share with all of the other storytellers on a future show. Today's guests are two young people in their late 20s. They're a couple. The woman was a massage therapist. The man was a guy with a dream to be a professional athlete. Both of them worked hard for several years to survive and make ends meet. When they discovered network marketing, they moved quickly from survive to thrive. In a few short years, they became the youngest millionaires in their company. Their humility, work ethic, and enormous success have drawn the attention of international network marketing leaders. This year, they will share the stage as trainers with Anthony Robbins and Sir Richard Branson at Eric Worre's GoPro event, in Las Vegas. It's my honor and pleasure to welcome Emily and Hayden Vavra to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Emily and Hayden, thank you for your time and welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Lewis. We're so excited. We can't wait. Uh, we are just jacked up. We actually just got back from that event with uh, Richard Branson and, and Anthony Robbins. And, and I'll tell you what, we thought we were on fire before, but this is we're taking it to a whole nother level. So we're excited about this call. Yes, oh wow. So 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 the event the event already happened. Yep. Last week. Just last yeah. week. Wow. Well, you know, I have the GoPro access, so in a few weeks I'll be able to see it. Oh, you're yeah. gonna love it. You're uh-huh. gonna love it. Did you meet Branson? Yes, I got to I got to take a picture with him, shake his hand and and basically just tell him thank you. Before they kicked me yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> nice guy. Was he a nice man? Yeah, very oh, nice. Very nice so man. So kind. Yeah. And I, I had some time with Tony Robbins, so that was really great. A couple different times with him. That's so. fab. That is wonderful. Yeah. That is so yeah. wonderful. I'm so happy for you guys. So let's begin with what were your families like? You know, size, income, values, stuff like that, what your parents did. Yeah. Well, so we'll start with me. Yeah. I am the youngest of three. I grew up with a single mom and we had a lot of hardship. We had a live-in um, abusive boyfriend for about seven years and um, my mom really taught us how to work hard 
and to love other people. I mean, that's something that she's truly about is, you know, regardless if it's the janitor cleaning the toilets or, you know, you come across someone who is highly successful, you treat everyone the same. And um, so I grew up learning how to work hard um, in sometimes a toxic environment um, and really didn't see my dad very much growing up. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Hayden? Yeah, so I am actually the oldest of seven. Uh, I have four sisters and two brothers. Uh, so I'm, I'm 29. My youngest brother is seven. Uh, so very big family. Uh, and I actually grew up uh, my, as my parents being network marketers. Um, so they were always at home. Uh, they were raising us. They were the parents that were able to go on all the field trips. My dad would show up at recess and play all-time quarterback from time to time, uh, and so I was I was blessed with uh, you know just a great family, um, and, and really just shown that you know you can keep pursuing your dreams even when you're done with school, mm-hmm. when you're done with athletics, uh, you're always growing as a person, and if you surround yourself with the right people, uh, great things can happen because as you know you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with and. That was something I always got to see growing up, and, and that was the side of network marketing that I that I saw. Um, so I never really had any hang-ups about it when we first got into it, uh, but I never honestly didn't really think I was ever going to do it. Uh, as you alluded to before, you know, I had dreams of being a professional athlete, and that was my main focus. And and once that was over, this this was just a beautiful opportunity uh, for us to, to really get started. So. Yeah, that's a little bit about a uh, little bit about my upbringing, my my family background, and uh, it, it's uh, it's definitely been been a fun journey. That's for sure. That's wonderful. You both have such different backgrounds. That's so exciting that you came together uh, with such harmony, and that you're building this wonderful business together. Now, at what age did each of you start living on your own? Oh, on my own, right after high school. So when I was eighteen. I went to massage therapy school and lived with a few different women that were um, studying um, at a community college. So, yeah, 18. 18, yeah. I guess, I don't know if if living in dormitories counts as living on your own, but uh, 18, 18, 19, uh, 19, me and a couple guys got our first house, and I lived with those guys for about five years, and uh, then, you know, when we got married, then that's when we started uh, living together and and building the dream. Mm-hmm. When you were living in a dorm, Hayden, were you a party animal? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I was. I was not. I was, not uh, quite, I was always very responsible, uh, but I definitely, I definitely lived on the worst floor on campus. Uh, okay. I, I went to a Christian university, uh, but. For whatever reason, my floor had just a bunch of wild, wild, crazy guys on it. And uh, there's some definitely some fun stories we could get into on that one. (laughs) That might be for a different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So now we know that you had a, a childhood dream of being a professional athlete. Was it football? Yep, yep, it was football. Yep. Okay. And what about you, Emily? Did you have a childhood dream of what you wanted to be? No, I mean, there was one point where I wanted to be a veterinarian because I love animals and they make me so happy, especially dogs. Um, but I didn't really know what I wanted. I, I knew, though, since I was a little girl that I was a little different. And I don't really know how to describe that to you. I just had feelings that something big was going to come of my life. And, and I think it's because... I played, you know, Barbies, and I imagined things by myself a lot because I was by myself a lot. Mm-hmm. I was young, and so that's what I'd say to that. That's wonderful. You mm-hmm. know, now this is important for the young people listening to hear this one here. In your teens, when you thought about your future, what was your idea of a really good professional income, and what did you believe was possible? Because we're educated a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think in the beginning, uh, I mean, even even before just growing up, you'd think, 
wow, six figure income would be absolutely amazing. You know, that, that would be incredible. And then, you know, once, once we were able to achieve that, we were like, well, why, why, why can't we have more? And one of the best books that helped us re realize that was Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And I'll, mm -hmm. I'll let you kind of talk about that because I know you turned me on to that book. Yeah, absolutely. But I think when we were in our, our teen years, and for me, I wanted to be a housewife. I'm just going to be honest. Like when I got older, I was like, I want, I just, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. I, I really don't. Nothing really got me excited. Um, and so that's where my mindset was. And it was never on a, a number. It was never on an income. I never thought six figures. I never even went there. Um, you know, I think I was just trying to find my way and nothing really excited me. That's why I didn't go to a four-year college. Well, but then you chose massage therapy, which which yeah. uh, appealed to you. So at that point, what were you looking at in your mind, uh, what you would be earning when you became a massage therapist? I never really looked at the number. I didn't. Um, and the reason I chose that, because I didn't know what else to choose. And okay. it was the quickest. It was the quickest route. It took me nine months. Okay. And it wasn't until I got my job. So I got my certification in Minnesota, so many hours, and then I started working for a plastic surgeon, mm -hmm. doing massage therapy, rehabbing major weight loss patients. And that was the awakening for me. Mm. Because I had a commute. I had to clock in. I had to have someone tell me when I can go to the bathroom, when I can eat lunch, when I could leave work, like that moment. And at that age, I was 19 when I really started to realize that. That's when I was like, I didn't sign up for this. And how much were you earning at that point? Uh, about $30,000 a year. A year. And basically, in what they asked in exchange was, just give me the rest of your life. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now. And entice you with a 25 cent raise at the end of the year. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Then, yeah. <laughs> now, did either of you, can either of you say that your educations prepared you to be entrepreneurs? No. no. Ooh, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say it, it prepared me to be an entrepreneur, but I think the one thing uh, it did teach me is hard work. Because uh, being, you know, I, I was, I was pre-med, I was going to, go be a doctor. That was my, my backup plan if football didn't work out. So being a biology major and a chemistry minor, like it, it just took a lot of work, a lot of, a lot of hours, a lot of dedication to studying uh, in the lab, you know, those type of things. So I think it, it taught me how to work hard and, and manage time around, you know, athletics and, and things like that to make sure I was getting mm -hmm. good grades. But as far as like entrepreneurial mindset, I don't I don't, I mean, I don't, school can't prepare you for that. Yeah. No. And I would say for me, the same thing, it was athletics that taught me leadership, which leadership is a huge thing in entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to play volleyball and I'm competitive. I'm a really competitive person, but I wasn't naturally gifted. And so I had to get up at five in the morning and go to the high school early to go have balls hit at my face. <laughs> <laughs> learning how to dig, but it's because I'm competitive. And so that really taught me how to work hard um, and learn leadership skills um, at a young age, but definitely not entrepreneurship. I mean, everything we heard was, you know, what college are you going to go to and mm -hmm. what corporation or what do you want to do, you know? And that's something I always struggled with. Well, yeah, you know, isn't that the one of the big challenges that young people face that they're brought up in condition to be employees and then when an entrepreneurial thing comes their way they don't even know how to think about it they're afraid of it they go this doesn't sound real etc and it's more than real as your lives are now proving now you've heard the expression environment is stronger than willpower we've heard that a lot from a person we mutually know and respect uh, Mr. David T.S. Wood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So can you identify things in your individual environments that you had to overcome to achieve massive success? Oh, that's so good. Yeah, yeah. especially in the beginning. 
when I started this great profession being 23, you know, a lot of my old friends, they're, again, conditioned to work a nine-to-five job, to go to school, to get a job, do the 40-40-40 thing. And they don't have that mindset of personal growth. I mean, they just haven't been exposed to it yet. And so when I first got involved, you know, there was little things they would say. And I don't think it was always intentional. It was just the way they thought that would try to lower my belief in the profession of network marketing, try to even lower the belief in our company, um, things like even that, in or even in myself. And mm -hmm. so it was that environment. And so I quickly realized, hey, like, I don't really feel uplifted when I'm even around them. It's like gossip hour, and it's just so taxing. And so I just shifted who I surrounded myself with. And it instead of having tons of friends like I used to have, like so many of them, instead it was quality friends, you know, who actually care about me and, and we uplift each other and we have an equal energy exchange. So that for sure, um, one mm -hmm. of the hardest parts of that was was family. Um, I think we want them to believe in what we believe right away. But again, it's a process for them. And just, you know, really looking at who I'm surrounding myself with, especially in the beginning when my belief was not 100%, it could have easily taken me out of the game mm -hmm. if I wasn't intentional about shifting who I spent time with. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. It's such, I really wish that young people listening to this the young storytellers, that's what I call my listeners, um, really, really catch on to this because it's so significant. Could you give me one example of something negative they would say to you, your fr the so-called friends? Yeah, well, it's just when we would all get together, you know, one of the things you do when you get together with, with friends is you talk about what you're doing and what you're up to lately and how's school going and how's your job doing. And it's like everybody else would amplify what they're doing. And then when it came my turn, it's like, oh, you're still doing that isogenics thing. You're still doing that network marketing thing. And it just wasn't uplifting. It, where when someone else was talking about, you know, getting a job as a teacher, they'd ask a thousand questions about that. Um, how's your students? How's this? How's that? It's just they just didn't care, right? Like you can tell when someone genuinely cares. Um, and and they would say thing, acting like I was just kind of playing around with it. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's that's, and I I know what kind of pressure that can be, and it's it will stop many young people from believing in this dream. What about for you, Hayden? Was there anything different, or? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot a lot of the similar same stuff. I think there's people that we want to bring along the the journey with us, and you know, it's a lot of times it's not even what they say; it's what they don't say. Um, and whether it's a, a lack of them not knowing what to ask because it's different, I think a lot of times people just don't, they really don't understand, uh, and, and which is totally okay. Um, but at the same time, when, when those are people that are close to you or your friends, you just, you want to have that conversation because I don't really understand what they do, but still asking questions. And I think that's one of the things that you know, I've learned through uh, being able to do this and, and being in network marketing is that you learn to ask good questions and you mm. learn to be interested and not interesting uh, and, and really shifting the focus onto them. And I think that's a lot of a lot of what is missing in, in today's workforce. So, the, you know, an employee or uh, somebody that's going down that route, they don't have that those those life skills a lot of the times or they're not taught that uh, because they're not, you know, really in this profession. And so um, I think a lot of times it's not, you know, it's not what they say, it's just what they don't say. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and when you get around people that aren't in personal development and aren't growing themselves, you know, that you find you're, that you, you end up talking about the same thing over and over again when you meet up with those people. And, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But I found now that I just have to limit my time, you know, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe just an hour or something like that. Cause you yeah. just, you get drained and you're like, he comes home early. Yeah. Like, you know, what the, what the heck am I, what, I love that time, but I just know that to get, to get better and, and the impact that we're able to make on people, it's better spent, you know, with, with people that are willing to grow and, and willing to learn and, right. and keep moving forward. So I think now, you know, because of those experiences, we just, we let it bounce off and, and, and keep moving forward. And, 
and just know that it's not a reflection of us, but just a reflection on them. And, you know, if, if the time ever comes, we're, we're ready to have those type of conversations and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. I, I know exactly what you feel, what you felt and what you're feeling because uh, my life has been that way too. And just last year, I had to stop a relationship with a person that I went to um, university with. So I've known him for decades. And I thought he was like a brother. Uh-huh. And he never got what I was doing. He kept putting it down and putting it down. And last summer, he put it down with such a rudeness that I just turned around and said, you know what? It's not about me. I know what I've got. I know what I believe in. And I moved on. Just had to move on. Good for you. Yeah. I love and, that. And if you. You, if you don't, then you stop. And, you know, you're back to square one. Now... Did you each have to confront internal, personal obstacles to grow into who you are today? And if so, what yeah. kind? What are they? Oh gosh, every, where, every, where, every, where every do we morning begin? We wake up. Um, pick the biggest. Pick, pick the biggest monster. Oh, yeah. good. oh, oh my goodness! The, the first one that comes to mind. Um, it, you know, we all have li- some limiting beliefs, and my thing was public speaking. Believe it or not, um, I remember when when my mentor said, "Hey, I'm going to have you take half the presentation," and I was like, "Me, me, who me? <laughs> no, you, I'm I'm really comfortable with watching you do it." Like, and I remember I immediately started my armpit started sweating. I I mean everything. I wanted to. I, I was shaking even on the way to the hotel. And there was probably like 50 people at the presentation. But, I mean, seriously, I was so nervous and I was so in my head. And it's because I wasn't comfortable with who I was at that time. I had limiting beliefs like you're not good enough. You don't have the income yet. Who are you to stand up in front of all these people and present this? Like just so in my head. But it was through going through it and like in the feeling of accomplishment driving home but then reviewing it and saying, how could I get better? And then backtracking that, realizing like, why are, why are you having such a hard time with this? And it was, you know, the limiting belief of, of confidence. Like I just didn't believe I was good enough. And so I just started to work on that um, to, to get better. And it's just been this evolutionary process ever since. Hmm. And, <laughs> and last week you presented it in front of how many people? 20,000. 20,000? 20, <laughs> 20,000 in person. I mean, yeah. there was like more watching online, but yeah, and I did it. I mean, honestly, it's just, it was surreal because I walked on stage and I'm just like, this is so fun. This is me, uh. take it, leave it. This is me, take it or leave it. This is so fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this was just six years ago that I was a hot mess express. You know, <laughs> I'm like, this is cool. It's just cool when you don't give up, you know, and you just keep wow. 20,000 yeah. people, including Richard Branson, Anthony Robbins, Eric Worre, and other very prominent names in the world of network marketing. Yeah. Wow. So what about you there, Hayden? Yeah, I would, I would, I mean, public speaking for sure was one of them. I was same way, um, but I won't, I mean, you already touched on that, but yeah. it's like, I think getting into this, it's, it's like, Knowing that you can't really be comfortable when you get out of your comfort zone, that's when growth happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of my biggest ones, and one I still have to fight in my head today, is is just the fear of rejection, um, mm. and how that can really hold people back. In the beginning, it really held me back, um, and now it's just I know that it's part of the process. And when people say no, it's just means you know not right now, and that's why mm-hmm. you know learning through the follow-up process, why that's so important. Because as you continue going on, and and I think when people get into network marketing, they need to commit for the long haul. And that will get rid of that fear of rejection because you begin to understand that it's really just a matter of time. Uh, it's timing with them. It's timing with you. Maybe your skills aren't quite as developed yet. Maybe you didn't hit those trigger points or peak enough curiosity at that time. But it, sometimes it, it just takes, you know, we've been doing this for six years now and it, and it took three and a half years for me to enroll my best man in my wedding. You know, mm. it took 
three years for Emily's mom to get started. It took, you know, after we hit a millionaire. Yeah, it, it took that. Wow. To get started, you know. So it's it's just this process and understanding that a no isn't a reflection on you. And no. a lot of people take it so personally, and that's what I that's what I do. And it's a constant battle of you know taking that personally is where it's it's just a reflection on them. It's not the right time for them right now keep moving forward because we have a lot of people to impact and a lot of people to help. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Now, are you both 29 now? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. When is the big 3-0? June 1st. June 1st? September 11th for me. September 11th. Wow. That's That's a significant day. Will always be in history. Yep. Everybody remembers my birthday and I can't remember anyone, so... (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what? I just realized June 1st, so you and I are both Geminis. We are. Oh, my gosh. When's your birthday? June 11. Awesome. Yeah, when do you they, turn 30? Huh? When do you turn 30? Uh, oh, I, I, I won't allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be 29 forever. <laughs> now, successful people have different self-talk than people who struggle in life. Can you give us an example of limiting self-talk that you had before you embraced success? Like, what kind of stuff were you saying to yourself? Just a few things. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I'll go ahead. I'm going to go first. Okay, you go first. Okay. So, being so young, one of the big limiting beliefs in self-talk that would, would occur in the beginning, and what I thought to be true but found out it wasn't, is that oh you're young nobody nobody else is going to listen to you you know like your your vision isn't as important to them they have more experience they're you know they're not they're not going to want to listen to the opportunity you have to present or mm-hmm. the solutions that you have to help them because because you're young you don't really know what you're talking about and it's so crazy cuz almost everybody we work with is older than us <laughs> and so it's like this is amazing. Yes, we have young young people on our yeah, team, and totally. but a lot of our our biggest business partners and the people we spend a lot of time with are older than us, you know. And so it was like I love we, that. We had to start. Yeah. yeah, we had to start to look around and be like, okay, because once you get to about twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, you really realize a lot of people don't grow up past eighteen. It's like the, they stay the same, the same person, and mm. by that time, it's like you have the choice to whether. You keep continue reading, you keep continue learning, you keep continue growing, or you just get into the monotonous everyday life and find that a lot of people don't grow up past the mm-hmm. age of 18, 20, 21. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a wonderful. good one. And, you know, I never had that. So this is interesting for me. I'm learning about my husband because I didn't care how old you were. I mean, I really didn't. I didn't have that limiting belief. The limiting belief I had in the self-talk was when I would enroll someone, even though, like, I totally believe in our products and they're getting a great value for their money. It was a, it was a money thing for me. Mm. And I like had this anxiety getting their credit card. And when they sign up as an associate and, and, and you know, this is just in this point in time, it's probably going to change, but getting people's social security numbers in the United States when they're signing up for a business, like I would quiver, I would, I would have it in my brain. I'd be like, time for the credit card. And I I don't know what it was. And I had to get past that. So I just wanted to share that because some people think they're alone in that. And it was just, for me, it was just a money thing. Well, yeah, you had a certain, we all have powerful emotional stories around money, whether we realize it or not. Yeah. And unless we start to confront that, uh, growth is going to be tough. Thanks for sharing that. That's really, really wonderful. Now, you knew each other growing up, right? Yeah. Yes. We met then, in the third grade. Then fifth grade? Third. Third, third grade. grade. Oh, my God. Then you went in different directions. So how did you reconnect? Yeah, that's great. Um, so when we went in different directions. Yeah, you probably have two completely yeah. different stories. No, this is actually. <laughs> this, that is true. But so in my first year of isogenics, we had something called the ISA Derby and it was a free cruise. And so I hustled, got on that cruise and it was the first time that it was ever silent. Cause you know, when you're in the middle of the ocean, you don't have cell reception. And so I was reading a book by Tony Dungy called quiet strength. And when I was reading that book, 
I just kept thinking about my my long lost love, Hayden. And when we grew up and when I um, started my job and he was in college, that's really when we went separate ways because I was doing big girl things. He was in college. I was not into it. And so when I started reading this book, I realized, you know, for, for a long time, I wanted him to be something he wasn't. I wanted him to be this like outgoing, um, you know, outspoken man when, you know, there's nothing wrong with having quiet strength, which this book talks about. And I realized as I read it, I'm like, he is a leader. He is, you know, this incredible human being. And here I was trying to make him something he's not. So when I was reading that book, I realized, and my girlfriend was on the trip with me, I'm like, I have to call Hayden. And she's like, you mean Hayden that you grew up with? And I'm like, do we know any other Hayden? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like <laughs> I'm like, yes, I have to call him. I think I'm in love with him. And she's like, you haven't talked to him in a long time. And I'm like, I don't care. And the limo picked us up after the cruise. And as soon as I had cell reception, I started texting him. And he was like, what do you want? <laughs> uh, I did um, not want to have anything to do with yeah, that. Really? Really? I yeah. think I think I well, deleted. I broke, I broke his heart. Yeah, I think yeah. I deleted your number, but I I've had it memorized forever, <laughs> so I knew exactly who it was. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, so how did you feel when you, you might be telling her, "Yeah, what do you want?" But didn't you kind of feel good that she was reaching out? Yeah, it felt kind of good. It, <laughs> oh, it, it kind of wanted to be like, "Oh, I told you so." Like, see, it's not that it's not that much better out there, is it? <laughs> Uh, no. You know what well, I love? Honestly, I, I probably I, that was probably the lowest point of my life, just personally, where I was I was just kind of going more downhill than I was growing and going uphill, um, and just trying to figure stuff out mm-hmm. and trying to play football, trying to play football, trying to figure out what I what do I want to do with the rest of my life. You know, it was getting towards the end of me finally realizing that, okay, this isn't going to work out. Football's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know about medical school either. I don't know if that's going to work out. And and I saw Emily was, like, going the opposite way. She was, like, growing. She was, like, rising. She was, you know, doing fun things. But I was, you know, honestly, I was being super stubborn. Uh, <laughs> and I just didn't want to have anything to do with it. So it took a little while. Yeah. It took a little while, but... You know, I love that story because, you know, as you were talking, Emily, it was like watching a movie, like a romantic movie. I'm going, oh, my God, that could be a scene in a film. It really could. It could. She's out on the ocean. It's quiet. There's no cell reception. She's reading a book. And suddenly, ah, my God. No, that is wonderful. Now, and when you said... um, by the way, for people, uh, Phil, the men who can't see this, I am holding a beautiful cat right now oh, because beautiful. because she was starting to make a lot of noise, and if I didn't pick her up, she would become part of this interview. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, Hayden, you said that you were kind of going downhill. Like, can you be specific in what way? Yeah, I guess uh, going back to that, that party animal stuff, I was probably <laughs> doing a little bit too much of that. Uh, His hair was, was really my long. My hair was super long yeah. it used to be it was for a long time yeah that's right well, it's only been short for two years now that's I think. true um yeah i just wasn't i wasn't connected with my faith uh i wasn't into personal development anymore uh i i wasn't i just wasn't being congruent with uh who who i thought i was and and who i wanted to be uh and and i don't know i was just very confused i'd say i was i was just very confused and uh, felt like if for the first time in my life, I wasn't really in control of what was happening. Uh-huh. Uh, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I, it was just, it was just, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I was just lost. I mean, okay, that's so bottom, I was that, just lost. That's the, well, thank you for being so open about that and to share it with such, you know, uh, without reservation. Now, so she reached out to you. When did you finally allow her back in? Like, when did, well, how did you, you know? Oh, uh, she, well, I don't know. What, well, I needed to get I him think, on some superfood shakes. So, yeah, that um, was the first, that was the first thing. That was, and honestly, I was like, whatever, you don't know what you're talking about, but <laughs> you have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so 
I'm going to take these for 28 days and then I'm just going to return it because you don't know. Yeah. Well, no, what, <laughs> I what, wanted to do it to prove her wrong. What really happened was um, one of our great friends, we enrolled in our business, who's a, he's a sports performance coach. And so I was helping mentor him with his business. And he's also now a millionaire with our company. And we were, him and I were both um, in cahoots trying to get Hayden to see the light. <laughs> so like Hayden would go in and train with him and he's like, Hey, have you talked to Emily lately? And he was trying to plant the seed and I was trying to. And so we were both in it together. Um, so I think that kind of helped a little bit too. Yeah, that helped. A little encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. It, was somebody, it was somebody new, somebody that didn't, because everybody we knew from the past knew like, you know, eh, just everything. Right. So it was like, you needed somebody new that knew us as we're both growing now uh, to really mend mend the ties together. Right. I would say. <laughs> yeah. So about a year into the business. Yeah, it took about a took about a year. And then I took him with me to an event in Arizona, and that was really cool to see him start to light up again. Mm. So you really played hard to get, buddy. I did. Well, I had to be. I had to show her I was tough, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing you eventually said yes. Yes. Yep. Oh my yep. God, that is wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> got engaged a few months later, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, we knew if we were going to get yeah. back together, it was going to be the real deal. Yeah. So now, what I, I think—correct me if I'm wrong—but I think I remember you saying once, Emily, that uh, you had made a decision not to be in a relationship while you were building your empire. So what mm. what made you change your mind about that? Well, yeah, I mean, because I just needed to work on myself, quite honestly, and I didn't have time for any of that nonsense. So that first year, <laughs> just working, growing, all that stuff, it really what made me change my mind is when I won that cruise okay. and started thinking about Hayden again. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, I, I got I to gotta talk to him. I love it. You know, it just reminds me, I, I honestly believe... There are no accidents. Things all happen for a reason. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and the way people are brought together is just, just beautiful. Yeah. Now, successful people are willing to do what others won't, to have what others can't. When mm -hmm. you both saw it and you felt the vision of what was possible in network marketing, what were you willing to give up? Mm. Were there some things that were harder to give up than others? Yeah. I think the biggest thing, and you'll agree with me, is giving. We gave up our weekends, uh, as that's when a lot of people that were working, you know, jobs, have kids, whatever it may be, that was the best opportunity for us to be able to get together with them. Whether it was, you know, doing presentations, trainings, mm -hmm. uh, sit-down meetings, whatever it was, but we started to give up our weekends. Now, that is something I think for a lot of young people very difficult because you can get caught up in this, wow, I can't wait till Friday night. Uh, Saturday's going to be awesome. Sleep in all day Sunday. Hmm. And then halfway through Sunday, just get this pit in my stomach because I got to do it all over again. Mm -hmm. And mm. we just decided that if we want to get ahead, we need to put in some additional time. And the best spot to do that was give up our weekends and, and start to help as many people as possible. Wow. Is the same for you, Emily? Um, I mean, once I really understood the power, giving up stuff is way less painful. Mm -hmm. um, it just wasn't that difficult for me, knowing that I could build something that could completely change my life. Um, I mean, I would say one thing, though, that still is true today. Um, when you're working with new people, they may not be close to you in terms of proximity, um, you do have to sacrifice a little bit if you really, truly care about the su success of other people. Um, so you have to be willing, you know, if someone new comes in and they're on fire or they're coachable and ready to go, um, to change your plans a little bit. Um, maybe, you know, you had it in your brain, you're going to do something really fun this week out of the month, but someone comes in who lost their job and they're, they're really performing, they're working, they're on fire you know, you have to be willing to just change like that to help them, to serve them and put, you know, their needs really above your own. And 
And I mean, that's something I think for a lot of people that, you know, quite honestly, some people never get it. And that's what holds them back with their lack of success in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but even being 23, I mean, I remember having someone that wanted the business. And at that point, it was like a five hour drive for me. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take my purple Saturn and drive and sleep on her couch, even though I really don't know her very well. And um, it's just that sacrifice, right? That, you know, building them up, that in turn changes your income. And that's how you develop leadership. Give up to grow up. Wow. It's, you know what, I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm saying, I mean, uh, this podcast uh, would be aimed uh, very much at people of your generation, but anyone can learn some amazing lessons from it, whether they're 20 or 60 or 80, you know, mm-hmm. what, what would you, th- we may have covered some of this if we have, and we can move on. But besides the fears that you talked about, what were the biggest fears and doubts you had to face down to become who you are? Did we cover it already when you said the public speaking and stuff like that? Or Yeah. I, yeah. um, Gosh, I think we did cover okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a self self worth thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so using affirmations really, mm-hmm. really has helped me so much, repeating them over and over again. I even wrote it on my mirror and lipstick. You know, I am worthy of all the best love and life has to offer. I had that like on my mirror and red lipstick and I would I would mm-hmm. look at it and say it and repeat it every single day driving, like gripping my steering wheel, I'd say it, um, that stuff really helped me break through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really just getting getting rid of those negative voices in your head and those negative thoughts that, I mean, just understanding that those aren't real and you can really accomplish any, anything yeah. that you set your mind to. Yeah. You just have to know how to block that voice out. You have to know how to kick it, kick it to the curb. And I think at whatever level people are at, we always there's always something there's always that voice that whatever situation you're in can get to you and if you don't learn how to just get rid of it and learn how there really just lies then 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 you can break through anything right i love it you know what i've had to do to to work on that see i'm an italian guy right so what i did is i put in my head this character called Cheech. He's, yep. a, he's a mob guy. He's an enforcer. So when when the voices come along, I just say, Cheech, take care of him. Yeah, that's so, oh, I love it. <laughs> that's really cool, actually. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah. Or, or how about this? Cheech, whack him. Whack him. <laughs> whack him. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> what are your individual strengths and your individual weaknesses as network marketers? What do you bring to the table? Well, you, you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> what I bring, I'm the. I don't want to say the voice, but I I am more vibrant when it comes to speaking the vision. The bulldozer. The, the bulldozer. There's a bulldozer usually in every relationship. Um, I'm the one that sets out the road cone. Yeah. You keep a bulldozer yeah. on track. So some of my strengths would be taking <laughs> action. I mean, I can really drown out the noise. If I'm focused on something, like I'm there, like I don't really care what's going on beside me. That can hinder me sometimes too. But like that's just how my mindset is. Um, very disciplined. I mean, I am so disciplined. A lot of people think, you know, I'm boring at times. Um, but <laughs> discipline... Um, Gosh, what else? My strengths? I don't know. Maybe you could tell me my strengths. Um, I think just working with people. Really focus. You can I, focus through anything. I focus. I think connecting with people because I, I, I don't know what it is, but when I talk to people, they can just tell me everything. And there's just this connection thing. I think God gave me a gift to connect with individuals, um, which I love. I love like just being able to hear people's hearts and. Obviously, that's a huge deal when you're mentoring someone, um, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and then weaknesses would be, I love what we do so much, like I forget to play. Because, um, it, I mean, it's so fun. 
Like if you add fun into it, like we're going to do a big business training tonight. I guarantee I'll dance and, you know, like have fun. Like it's just so fun. But sometimes like one of my weaknesses can truly be like I will go days with working because I love it. And then I'm like, oh, like I should probably take a day off, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that could definitely be a weakness of mine. And then um, I don't know, sometimes I I go too long, like I talk Mm -hmm. too long. Um, cause I just get so passionate and fired up, um, and organization, but that's why, you know, you hire incredible help that they're good at organizing. Um, I just want to do it, like give it, give it to me, let me do it. Um, but all this stuff over here can, it can overwhelm me. So mm-hmm. that, yeah, that's why. What's great yeah. is that, that you know that, that you're aware of it. That's wonderful. What about you hidden? Yeah. Um, strengths. I'm definitely more the patient one, um, and and being a little loving and, and caring on on people when when they're not ready to go at the the pace we are. Uh, that's one uh, from a numbers a number standpoint and the technicality type stuff with with our business. Uh, that's where I'll I, I do more of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, explaining, you know, teaching, bringing that stuff uh, together. Uh, weaknesses is procrastination is a huge one for me mm-hmm. um or avoidance or whatever whatever you want to call it same thing uh that that's a that's a big one for me this so is I need good to, yeah. <laughs> i'm really enjoying this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no i just like um, i love it go ahead oh gosh what i don't know what else um i'm not telling you no that's, <laughs> that's, yeah that that I don't know. That's the biggest. That's probably right. the biggest one I I really struggle with, is just avoidance and whatever. If it's a if it's a you know a lot of a good example is like you know when people see bills they sometimes they let them just pile up or put them away for another time or you know something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I constantly constantly have to work on and remind myself. And, but you pay the bills. Yeah. But I pay them. Yeah. yeah, they pay them all the time. But I'm just saying that was like one thing that always freaked me out because I remember a time where I'd get bills and I didn't have money to pay those, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it was. So it brings back those kind of those thoughts and, and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, now that's not an issue. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't. Oh, geez, I don't know. That's good. good. No, that's I good, man. That, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now this is a big one. Many people are afraid of big money. They may not say that they are, but I think that most people have issues around money. Mm-hmm. They believe it's going to compromise their integrity. They believe it's going to hook them on greed. It's going to make them greedy. Talk about your financial success, how your financial success has enriched the way you guys show up in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it just magnifies you know the type of person you really are um that's that's what money it's for us it's a it's a vehicle it's a tool it allows us to give more it allows us to do more it allows us to impact people that we wouldn't have been able to impact uh if we weren't making this type of income uh and that's and that's how we view it um it allows us really just to help more people Mm -hmm. and i think that's something we've really just grown into because at first it was I need to, you know, I need to do this for me. I need to pay my student loans. I need to, whatever it is. And then it it begins, for us, it began to shift into, well, how can we help other people, you know, earn the same and and really create a legacy. And, and, you know, just, I I think it allows you to do, if you're a good person, it allows you to do more good. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're not, it's, that's where you see the greed. That's where you see, you know, all of these different, I think I guess bad bad traits. Money's the root of all evil. All, all you know, all this stuff, um, where it's just it's simply it's simply not the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, money is right up there with oxygen and water. I always tell people it's a good thing. It's a good thing when you have more of it, you can live with more ease. You can, as Hayden beautifully said, you can contribute at a higher level, and it just amplifies who you already are. And the the great thing about about this great profession, if you're in a good company, is you grow as your income grows. And as you grow as a human being, you learn how to be smart with it, how to be a good steward 
of your money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just really grateful for that. It's not like we just won the lotto with no personal development attached to it. It's like we've worked hard for it, you know, and so we really take care. We're really smart with investing and everything that one should do when they make a great income. Um, and it's a legacy thing, too. And that's really what I visualized. I wrote myself a check out for a million dollars my first year in Isogenics, one of those big fake checks. I actually have it framed in my office and um, I just put it out there like million dollars a year. Now it's two million dollars a year that we're going for. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, not at all. And and so what what have you, uh, some one specific thing that you've been able to do for others that that you weren't able to do way before when you were just you know struggling to survive? Oh gosh, so many things. I I would say even a few years ago when we got married, like we were able to pay for our whole wedding by you know get a beach house for our whole family, everyone, my, our siblings, their kids. We, it was just on us, you know. That yeah. that's a huge little things like that add up when you're able to give your family experiences give people experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, We also took a bunch of our team to Mexico, all-inclusive, and gave them that experience, right? Um, They hung out with us. We talked about leadership and life and breakthroughs on Mm -hmm. the beach, sipping mojitos, like Mm -hmm. so many things like that. Um, We we granted a wish for a child uh, this year through Mm -hmm. Make-A-Wish. No, that foundation is just, it's, incredible what they're able to do uh for those children um you know just being able to tithe more and uh with our church and 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 all these things so it's you know those are those are just a few few things that we've been able to do whether it's you know being able to uh donate to our school or my my old sports team or whatever it is uh just being able to have the ability to do that and give back because higher level yeah yeah, we just received so much uh from those experiences Wow. Do you guys plan to have a family? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Yep. What does that look like? What What do you both see in the, uh, what, how big a family? Or have you talked about that? Or? Yeah. I think probably like two, two kids yeah. is what we've been envisioning. You know, it's obviously it's not, it's not up to us, but <laughs> when it, ha- I mean, when it happens, we're, you know, we're, we're ready and, uh, we definitely want to have a family and and be able to grow and, and contribute in that way. I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. think there's no greater responsibility than, you know, raising raising a child, whether it's, you know, ours or a niece or nephew or whatever it may be. Um, I think that's just so powerful and a huge responsibility. And yeah. it's something we we definitely look forward to. But, you know, right now it's it's uh, we're focused on on this and, and helping other families and achieve their dream and legacy and, and stuff like that. So. I love it. I love it. Now, where do you see yourselves in the next five years in terms of income level, in terms of contribution, and where you might be living? Oh, <laughs> um, It probably won't be just in one spot. We won't be living in yeah, just one spot. Yeah, we're in Minneapolis <laughs> today. Um, gosh, the next five years, I would say... Upwards, probably making a great income of, I'd say, what do you, three million a year? Yeah. Um, you know, really, it's, it's not even that. It's it's just creating more six and seven figure earners, and what we get is a result of that. But more so, not even looking at our income, it's it's our organizational income. Um, that's one thing I'm ultra passionate about is creating leadership. Um, that to me, when you can help other families create a great income. They can have that freedom. They can step into leadership. They can have that confidence. And that's really our mission is to create more six and seven figure income earners. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever we get in terms of that, that's just this great blessing and side benefit. Um, but in terms of proximity, I, I don't know. Um, we love Minnesota. We really love the four seasons. It's you're a fresh every season. Um, the fall is my absolute favorite. Um, it's just a good place to be, but, you know, we just dip out. We just, you know, that's when you have, you don't have to worry about money. You have choices, right? You can just get a plane ticket and go somewhere for a couple of weeks, a month, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of, mm-hmm. I think if we had a place we were set on, we probably would have already moved there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll, 
Yeah, <laughs> that's a it's a tough question because something we talk about a lot. You know, our, our whole family is around here. Uh, we want to stay close for that. Um, like I said, my my youngest brother's still seven, so there's you know there's some things I don't want to miss out on with him either, or, or my sister that's uh, eleven. You know, so that those are all important things. But I think the the benefit we have is we are able to just kind of pack up and our business is mobile. We can go somewhere for a month or two months or whatever it may be and and uh, explore a little bit more. So this will probably be our first winter of doing that. Mm-hmm. Is it just you know it gets when it gets too cold and the 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 sun goes down at four o'clock? You're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> what yeah. happened? <laughs> That's why I'm getting on a plane Tuesday and going to Mexico, right? right. You know? I love it. But, yeah. you know, so what about contribution in terms, do you have a specific contribution vision for the next five years? Is there some, I don't know, uh, project? That, it doesn't have to be, but I'm just wondering. Yeah, we're actually in the process right now of, of looking uh, for a, a specific organization that we really want to team up with. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's uh, obviously we want to we want to give more and we want to do more um, with a specific area we don't know yet. Uh, that's something we've really been uh, praying about and and figuring out where where that needs to be. You know where we can contribute the mm-hmm. most because um, there's a lot of things out there and there's a lot of great causes and and uh, there's a lot of great organizations or that per- are doing some amazing things or so. perhaps creating something of our own. Mm-hmm. That's something you know that we've considered. So. Isn't it wonderful to be in a position to be able to even ask those questions? Yeah. yeah. Really oh, well. man. Yep. That is just so, so beautiful. So what advice to young people who are struggling to find a purpose and a meaningful place in the world would you give them right now? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, I think it's important to look at what gets you excited. You know, everybody has a few different things that really gets them excited. You know, whether it's reading children's books to your nieces and nephews or talking about health and wellness, maybe that's something that really lights you up or, you know, maybe it's travel. I don't know what it is, but we all have things that get us excited. So it's paying attention to that, really documenting it and saying, okay, is there anything out there that I could either create or join that are in alignment with my passions? So Mm -hmm. for me... Before I found our company, I was already into health, holistic health. I practiced massage. I ate super healthy. I love reading anything about nutrition. Um, I'm literally drinking bone broth here today. Um, So, like, it was in alignment. When I was presented with this opportunity, it it was the, the products that was in alignment that got me excited. Um, and then, you know, as I learned more about the income and the freedom and the profession of network marketing, obviously that got me excited too. And it's shifted over time. But what are those things? Um, if you really want to create wealth, I believe network marketing is the way to go. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier. You don't have to do all the things that most companies have to do in terms of products, payouts. Um, you know, owning a huge business, having employees, all that. There's no limitation um, and you can grow. And when you're in the right group for you, it's a growth environment for you to survive and you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's why when people are searching, I mean, if not network marketing, then what is what I ask myself? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. What about you, Hidden? Oh, goodness. Um, can you, can you repeat the question again? <laughs> that uh, what advice to young people who are struggling to find a purpose and a meaningful place in the world would you offer them? Let's say a young guy came yep. up to you, you met him tomorrow, and you know he's just kind of lost, and you see that. Now, other than trying to enroll him in the company, yeah. What what what, <laughs> yeah. what advice would you just give him? There's nothing to do with getting yep. something for you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, well, I think uh, the first thing is, is like Emily said, you know, re- find out what what are they passionate about? What is something that really lights them up? And is there a way to create a, a, a livelihood from that? Um, because most of the time, I think in the day and age with that we live in, there is, whether it's, you know, via Internet, creating programs, mm-hmm. what, 
you know, what, no matter what it may be, I really believe that you can turn your passion into something that's going to create a livelihood for you. The second thing I would, I would strongly encourage is get into personal development mm-hmm. because there are things that you need to figure out. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What, what skills do I need to develop in order to be successful in uh, whatever, whatever career I'm going or whatever I'm pursuing? Because chances are there's somebody that's done something very similar to what you want to do, and you can use that as a roadmap and a guide you know, to, to becoming successful or to become whatever it is you want to become. And everybody has a different definition for that. But for young people, it's, it's really you know, thinking introspectively and, and figuring out yeah. what is it that I am passionate about? What is it that I enjoy doing? Who is it that I enjoy being around? What type of people do I want to surround myself with? And, and then from there, you can really figure it out and search around and, and figure out what that is. But I think the biggest thing is at that point is surrounding yourself with the right people that are going to, you know, push you forward, maybe push you into your, out of your comfort zone a little bit, um, but also at the same time be encouraging uh, to you. And that's something we talk about all the time is yeah. that growth environment where it's okay to screw up. It's okay to make a mistake. It's, that's, that's all part of life. The biggest thing is what are you going to do from that is, you need to understand that that's not a loss. It's just an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to grow even further. So when that opportunity comes again, you're going to approach it a little bit differently so that you can succeed through that. Right. I love it. That is beautiful, beautiful advice. Do you each have a favorite book? Mm, I really, right now, I really like uh, essentialism. What is that? Um, essentialism. Essentialism. Yeah. Who wrote um, that? McCone. I think that's how you say his last name. E- e- is it Irwin? Ewan? I don't know. Um, but Google it. Essentialism. Yeah, it'll, yeah uh, it'll come up if I you go to really, Amazon. You just put a title in. Yeah, Yeah, I like it um, so much. In fact, I think I'm going to read it again. Greg McCone. Greg. Greg McCone. Okay. Um, because it, I think it's society. I think everyone's trying to do 900 things. And they're making minimal progress to the things that matter most to them. And somewhere, like, we get these ideas that more, 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 like, we need more, more of everything. We say yes, and we, especially women, I know, do this. They have so much on their plate, and they just feel exhausted, and they feel like they're making minimal progress to the things that matter most to them. And so it's really looking at what's essential to me right now, what's essential in my life, and letting that be okay, that it's not the same as your friend or your neighbor, right? It's, it's that, that's essential for you, and it allows you, I think when you have that understanding, to say no to other things because you're saying yes to the bigger thing that's yeah. going to help you move forward and get closer to your dreams and overall fulfillment, which is most important. So that book, game-changing. Beautiful. And what about you? Uh, yeah, I, well, I'm a huge John Maxwell guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great friend of ours and now. yeah and uh, it's hard to pick a favorite book of his um, but one of uh, intentional living is a great one um, and then also 15 laws of, of growth um, are great two great John Maxwell Maxwell books I mean he's the best on leadership and growth and uh, he's he's definitely you know my favorite I started reading him when I was in high school my dad you know really put me on to to uh, just his teachings and, and his readings. And so mm-hmm. um, it's somebody I really, really emulate with. And so I think that's that's a great spot for people to start and to really understand, you know, what what is growth all about? You know, how do I, how do I make my life intentional? Mm-hmm. Um, and both of those books will help, help people with that. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, how can, if, say some young people want to reach out to you and connect with you, how would they do that? Where can we send them? Um, Facebook is huge for me. It's just my name, Emily Vavra. And then Instagram. I love Instagram so much. I love the stories on there. So you can get a little glimpse of our day. Um, As well as Snapchat is really awesome if you want to really see what goes on in real life. Um, Yeah, (laughs) you can can find me there. Yeah. Um, So, and then we also have Instagram. And then our, our website. Yeah, our website. So what is Emily, the, what's the website? 
emilyvavra.com or haydenvavra.com. Yep. Okay, so spell, we'll spell Vavra for them. V is in Victor, A, V is in Victor, R, A. Yeah. Yes. Got that, guys. If you want to reach this wonderful couple. Now, I'm going to make the two of you blush. I don't care. Because people, I'm looking at them, guys. We're doing a video conference here. You're only going to hear them. Not only are they full of wisdom, maturity, um, integrity, humility, all of that stuff. And they're highly successful. They look like movie stars. Okay? No, no. Hayden looks like um, a younger uh, Kiefer Sutherland. He could easily be Kiefer Sutherland's brother. And are you ready, Emily? You're a young Marilyn Monroe. Oh, my God. I have the same birthday as her. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Marilyn. Oh, my God. I can't thank you enough. You have contributed so much wonderful. You know what? Here we are. It's December this is a Christmas gift to anybody who listens to it. Really, yeah. really is. You've, you've just, you know, you've shared your souls. Uh, and you're just fantastic role models for people to uh, look up to. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. We so really appreciate the here. opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, storytellers, for sharing another enriching experience with us on Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Emily and Hayden have given you so many rich gems that can empower you and literally transform your life. Will you make them yours? They've offered you titles of some very, very powerful, exciting books. Remember, that you can download one of them for free in an audio format at www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. You can always recharge by listening to this show again on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and changeyourstorypodcast.com. Also on changeyourstorypodcast.com, you will find a free gift from me, a powerful ebook, Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. Send your comments about what you receive from the show to Lewis, L O U I S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. During the next week, take to heart the things that Emily and Hayden have shared with you. Allow those things to reawaken your deepest dreams and find the courage to step into those dreams and make them your life. Begin your transformation by asking this question, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.